from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for CUNA News. This week on the podcast, I talked to Bill Raker, the President and CEO of Firefly Credit Union in Burnsville, Minnesota. Raker's career with Firefly began in 1985 as a volunteer member of the Board of Directors. After 12 years on the board, including time as a board chair, he accepted the position of president and CEO in 1997. Since then, the credit union adopted its current name and brand and has seen considerable growth. Raker, who has also been heavily involved in state, national, and international credit union groups, plans to retire at the end of the year. I recently asked Raker to reflect on his career and some of the highlights of his leadership at Firefly. I also asked Raker to offer some advice for the next generation of credit union leaders. During your time at Firefly, the credit union grew from about $250 million in assets to over a billion. Can you maybe explain a little bit of how you were able to achieve that level of growth at the credit union and if there were any you know, growing pains along the way? Because a, a billion dollars, that's a, that's a pretty big jump. Uh, it is significant, Craig. I, I would agree. Yeah, when I uh, moved into the CEO position in 1997, we had—I um, think it was a, a little bit over 250 million dollars in assets and maybe uh, close to 40,000 members, something like that. When I retire at the end of this year, will be uh, 1.3 billion, maybe even 1.4 billion, with about 85,000 members. It's been fun, but it's also been a lot of work. Some of the things that I would attribute uh, our su- success to is that we stayed in tune with our membership, and as our, our membership transitioned through their preferred kinds of products and their preferred delivery channels, we were right there for them, with them. Um, we developed great relationships with our partners in the community. And our employees continue to participate in many, many activities uh, in the communities in which our branches are located and the communities in which they live on behalf of the credit union. So it's about building a reputation. It's about, you know, people believing in in what we do. Uh, It's not uncommon, I guess, for credit unions to realize a large portion of their growth from the recommendations that the existing members give to their family and friends. We've tracked that for years. It's in the 70% range of where our new members come from. And and we think that that speaks uh, volumes about the kind of service and value that we deliver. We've, We've morphed or changed our brand and our name over the years as our field of membership has shifted. Uh, I think that has made a, a real difference for us. Uh, one of the secret ingredients is having great people working on staff, great, great people who are in our uh, executive uh, management team, and having a terrific board to work with, a board that has vision, a board that's engaged in what the credit union's mission is. So we, we put all of these things in the mixer and you turn the blender on. Th- those are things, I think, that uh, helped us achieve what we have been able to accomplish. And you brought up the name change, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, at some point, you mentioned that that was one of the highlights of, of your career. 
Yeah. That that process I know is a complicated one and perhaps a stressful one for an organization to go through. Can you maybe explain how as a leader at your credit union you kind of led that to a, a successful end result? We said, you know, we're we're looking at uh a millennial generation, we're looking at a couple of generations coming behind them. Uh, we feel like our, our name is just a little too stodgy and uh, confusing to really resonate very well with that group. So we engaged uh, an outside firm to help us with this process. And so we came up with some, some rules, some guidelines. Uh, again, when I say we, I'm referring to the board of directors and the, uh, the senior management team. We wanted a real word. We didn't want something that was made up and didn't mean anything until somebody explained it to you. We wanted a one-word name. We wanted something that is unique and memorable. We wanted one uh, a name that uh, conveyed a, a feeling, a sense of warmth and welcoming and, and just a, a good kind of feeling all around, maybe something that evoked some childhood memories. Uh, something that uh, has some relevance to the Midwest. And then finally, um, a word, a name that we could get a strong financial trademark on. We said, okay, we'll put together a, a naming committee and see what we come up with. So the naming committee uh, consisted of our board chair and one other member of the board and myself and two other members of the uh, executive team. And then we had, we had millennials. We, we went to the staff. We had a teller from one of our branches. We had someone from HR. We had uh, someone from marketing. We had someone from finance representing all of the uh, different primary departments of the organization. And uh, we said, well, we're going to take just one recommendation to the board. If we take two or three in there, some people will want number one and some people will want number two, and it'll be hard to get a consensus. So we'll take one recommendation into the board. If they like it, you know, we've done our job, we're finished. If they don't like it, we have a couple of other choices that we could bring in as well. We took Firefly to the board uh, on May 15th of 2016. And uh, there was a little bit of discussion, a couple of questions, a call for the vote, and we had a unanimous adoption of uh, Firefly Credit Union. It's just been exciting to do this. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of work involved in doing uh, a rebranding and a name change. But when you can get people engaged and motivated and uh, really wanting to see it happen, I mean, our, our employees were just behind it 100%. When we had the reveal, meeting for our employees. They actually stood and cheered and clapped and whistled and <laughs> was a really, really positive, uh, emotional kind of event for us. We have seen, I was just looking at some of the numbers this morning with uh, my uh, marketing fellow, that we've, we've seen uh, significant trending upwards of new members and checking accounts and loans and deposits over the last 15 to 18 months since we've made the name change. It's working for us. One of the things I found interesting when you were talking there about the going through the process was you picked a, a person from the various departments, you involved millennials. How important you feel like that process was to include people throughout the credit union? 
throughout different uh, levels in their career to be involved in the process and how important that was to the success of their renaming? Sure. Uh, it's a great question. I, personally, I think it was, uh, from a strategic standpoint, a brilliant decision, a brilliant way to do it. You know, I know of a situation or two where credit unions have changed their names and employees were not engaged in the process and therefore they had no ownership in it. And, uh, you know, they, they could care less about what the name was and what it was supposed to signify. We had over 80% of our entire employee group involved in some aspect of this process. They worked perhaps on the core values. Uh, they worked maybe on the mission. Uh, they worked on some of the, the merchandising ideas. They, we had them engaged in the naming committee. And I think that was very critical to uh, getting employees engaged, getting them excited. The anticipation that we endured for a few months, because from the time we decided what the name was until we actually revealed it to employees was about five months, and we were able to keep it a secret for that period of time. But engaging younger people in the organization, engaging people that you might you might not think would be asked to join a committee like this, uh, really worked out uh, very well for us. So just out of curiosity, uh, for my own amusement, uh, what were some of the, the better rejected names uh, or ones that you're, you're, you're kind of glad that uh, nobody liked? <laughs> okay. Uh, Craig, I'll share those with you. But first, I want to say they're mostly forgotten. If you walk, uh, talk to anybody in the credit union today, I, I don't, maybe one or two out of the marketing department might remember them. But to me, that's a perfect example of picking a strong brand and getting people to buy into it. You know, this is who we are, and I don't remember what the other possible names were kind of thing is we're Firefly. That's, I don't care what the other ones were. This is what we picked, and this is who we are. Well, we had uh, Porchlight and Torchlight and, um, oh, let's see, there was Indigo. Um, Something about granite, because there's a lot of granite in Minnesota, but the last three that we had was Firefly, Torchlight, and Porchlight, and you might pick up on the idea that light is involved, uh, a sense of illumination, showing the pathway, guiding, uh, a guiding kind of light, and that actually, the tagline that we came up with was life illuminated. Going back to your first day on the job as the top person at your credit union, as the CEO of your credit union, what kind of leader did you like set out to be? or What kind of leader did you want to be? Well, I, my situation is a little bit unique. Um, I, I'm not familiar with any other example of this, but I was on the board of directors of the credit union here for 10 years, well, over 10 years before I moved into the CEO role. And so at that time, I, I was employed by Control Data and Ceridian. Uh, but over the 10-year the period, you know, I, I got to know and, and work with members of the, the executive leadership team in the credit union. And so we were all familiar with, with one another to a certain level, okay? 
but I remember the um, the first meeting that I had with with my direct reports, and uh, the, the the feeling that I had that you know I'm really fortunate to be here to to sit in this seat, and we're going to do this together. It's not what we achieve. And how we achieve it is not going to be all about Bill Raker. It's going to be about our credit union and our leadership team will make the key decisions, um, you know, in a collaborative way. I want your input. I want your feedback. I want you to tell me the things that I don't want to hear. Um, and we're going to make this a great place to work. And we're going to make this a great credit union for our members and for our communities. We're going to do it together. And um, that's the way we've done it. You're, you're one of those people that volunteer for a lot of boards, committees, groups over the years, whether it's, you know, credit unions nationally in your state or, you know, things in your local community as well. Has serving on all these boards and committees and, and groups uh, made you a better leader of your credit union? I think it has. Uh, in a number of ways. I, I mean, we believe in the credit union movement, and, and we want our our people to be engaged in what's going on in, in the credit union space uh, locally, here in the state, and nationally, even internationally, which, and I participated in at, in all levels uh, of that. We, we learn things by associating with our peers, talking to our peers, seeing how other people in the credit union world do things differently than perhaps what we do, and maybe they're doing them better. And, you know, I have takeaways all the time that I bring back into the organization because I've had the opportunity to be associated with some really great leaders, really terrific credit union people that I've learned a great deal from. Here locally, uh, it's it's about having a, a presence and a participation in uh, different foundations, like the foundation for the uh, one of the community colleges here, a foundation or a board for another nonprofit, being involved in the Chamber of Commerce, uh, for which I served as uh, as board chair for a while. All of those things you you learn about the communities that way. You learn about the people. Uh, I in participating in those things, I look for opportunities where our credit union or some individual in our credit union can step in and say, "We can help you. You have I see uh, perceive a need here, or I perceive an opportunity where we can collaborate, cooperate, and do things together." And, and it, it's terrific to see how you can get the credit union and its employees. Uh, engaged and ensconced into the community and the organizations that make those communities great. I totally believe that that's a, a great thing to do for uh, for leaders to to get involved locally and uh, nationally and internationally. It, it's been for, for me. It's been personally rewarding to do that, and I think it's been well worth the time and effort that uh, it requires. You alluded to one of the many things you've been involved in in your career, which is with the World Council of Credit Unions on some uh, international exchanges, uh, including in Cambodia. Yes. What did those international credit union experiences mean to you or teach you about credit unions? Um, the first uh, international uh, engagement that I had was with uh, Paraguay and in South America. And this was through the World Council 
where the World Council had a program where they were partnering uh, state credit union leagues with uh, similar leagues or associations of credit unions in other countries. And Minnesota uh, got paired with Paraguay. I made three, I made three trips uh, down there over the years. And uh, each one, for me, featured a different theme or presentation that I was involved in. One had to do with strategic planning. One had to do with information technology. And another had to do uh, with ad advocacy. But what I brought home was the credit unions in Paraguay, and I'll say the same thing for Cambodia, that I visited and that I worked with could not have a stronger commitment to the values and the philosophies and the mission of credit unions than those credit unions do. And I was really impressed with that. It was, it was inspirational to see how hard they worked to make a difference in the lives of the people there who, I mean, they, they barely subsist on, on the food and clothing and things that they have. And they're, they're trying to make uh, you know, life work for them. Uh, moving over to Cambodia, uh, I went there on a, on a mission for the World Council and worked with representatives from uh, the Australian Credit Union League there in Cambodia as well. And we went out into the country and visited these very small community credit unions. Uh, it was just amazing to see the need that was there and how they were trying to fill it. A, a couple of examples. Uh, in one case, we were talking with uh, a credit union member and she said her credit union had helped her buy a sewing machine that she was using to sew garments and clothing that she could sell to help support her family. Fantastic. Another story where the credit union helped this man and his family buy a pig. And so they raised the pig and had other little pigs and, and were able to improve to some degree the level of substances for, for their family. I mean, just small things like that would seem small to us, but huge to those people. And it was credit unions that was helping that to happen. Uh, I have another engagement coming up next month in July where, again, I'll be going with uh, World Council into Thailand. And we'll be spending uh, 10 days uh, on an engagement there to work with some individual credit unions as well as the trade associations of credit unions in that country. So, yeah, I've been privileged to be a part of that. I, you know, I hope, I feel like I've made some contributions along the way. Now, I, I want to go way back. Uh, I know at one point you were a math teacher in Kentucky in the 1970s. Uh, so, you, you've been digging, haven't you? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so so how, how the heck do you go from teaching to being a credit union CEO? What, what's kind of that course of, of your life there? Oh, gosh. Well, it, it evolved like this, Craig. When I got my degree in teaching certificate, uh, I took a job teaching high school math in the dependent school system at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I was back, back in those days, that was a big school system, may even be bigger today. They had about 5,000 students uh, in 1 through 12. And uh, so how do I get from there to credit unions? Well, 
Every day uh, on my way to uh, to the school where I was teaching, I was driving by the credit union, but I didn't know it, and I didn't know what it was. But one day, uh, there was a knock on my classroom door, and I went to the to the door, and there was the superintendent of schools. And so I had no idea, uh, you know, whether this was my last class or what was going to happen. <laughs> but we had a conversation uh, in the hallway, and um, he said, you know, our, our credit union here at Fort Knox, Fort Knox Federal, has been working with the commander here at the military base and with Congressman Wright Petman's office in Washington. And uh, together they have the idea that we want to start a credit union for students here in the high school. And, uh, you know, all of these entities are supportive. The, the credit union here will, you know, provide the resources and uh, things. To, to make this happen, but we need a faculty sponsor or faculty advisor for this new student group that we're going to convene. And I'd like to ask you to do that. And so I'm standing there flabbergasted because quite honestly, Craig, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Credit unions, what in the world is that? So while I'm pondering <laughs> this proposal, and he said, oh, by the way, uh, if, you, if you do this for us, the credit union will give you employment during the summer break. Well, he had my attention right there, you know, <laughs> a summer job for a teacher. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how I got engaged. We actually did start a credit union, the, the very first student credit union that we, we know of in the country uh, for students run, run by the students. And I don't know that it's still there today, but it, it was in existence for many, many years because of the support of the, the organizations around it. Uh, but that's how I learned about credit unions, how I got engaged with them. I did, in fact, work uh, during the summer, three summers at the credit union and um, had the opportunity to, to you know, fill in many different slots from being a teller to being a collection person. But after having done that, then I was at a kind of a, a pivotal point, fulcrum point in my career here deciding what to do. So I took a leave of all of that stuff and went back to school a year and finished my master's degree. And then in that, while that was going on, the credit union offered me a full-time job to come to work for them. And so that's when I left teaching and went to work full-time for the credit union at Fort Knox. Um, I spent six, little over six years there, but that's how I got introduced to credit unions. And then uh, Control Data that had Service Bureau Company and was the leader, national leader in data processing services for credit unions recruited me to go to work for them. And I spent um, a number of years in their credit union services division. You know, there's only one or two things in the credit union world that I haven't done. I've, I've been a teller, I've been a, a collection person, I've been a loan underwriter, I've been a marketing person. I was a vendor to credit unions for many years involved in sales and marketing and installation and service of data processing products. I served on the board of directors of what was U.S. Federal here before we changed, was actually chair of the board. And then I moved into the CEO role. So. I think the only thing I haven't done is I, I've not audited a credit union and I've not been a regulator. 
And it's been great. It, it really has. I can't say enough about how good all of that has been to me. You know, people take different paths in, in life. They, they, they maybe look back and think, well, what would have happened to me if I had taken this path? And I'm wondering if you miss teaching at all or if, uh, if that was like something you've you thought about over the course of your credit union career. Uh, again, that's a great question. When, when I was earning my degree and my teaching uh, credentials, that's all I wanted to do was to teach. Uh, and I thought, you know, maybe there would be a possibility that I would move into school administration. But once I got involved in credit unions, I never looked back because in some ways there's some commonality. I mean, in credit unions, I'm, I'm working with people. I'm helping people every day to improve their lives to a greater extent than I felt like the impact that I was making in teaching. That to me, that seems pretty confined and pretty limited, although extremely important. But in the credit union world, it was much more about, man, I can, by doing the right things and, and helping people, I can really make a difference in their life. And that, for me, has been a, a rewarding factor all the way through this career. So I've never really looked back and said, oh, I miss teaching or wish I had stayed there. Now, I know Firefly not too long ago started its own student-run branch, uh, and it's been praised nationally for its successes. And for you, I think there there has to be this incredible symmetry or kind of just rewarding aspect to that, to be kind of, you know, kind of feeling like you're coming full circle in some way uh, with that. And I'm just kind of wondering what you, you felt about that uh, being rolled out at your credit union. Yeah. Yeah, I did have that feeling that it was um, early on in my career, the, the start of the first student credit union in, in the country, and then has moved into the final year or two here at Firefly, the opportunity to uh, establish a relationship with the Burnsville High School and their students and to uh, open up a, a branch in, in their facility. I had wanted to have a student credit union or a branch in, in a school that would be run by the students for some time since I'd been in this role here. But, you know, you have to wait for the right opportunity and the right people to come along to get the support and the engagement that it takes to make a decision like that. And uh, we had a break um, two or three years ago when the Burnsville school system got a new superintendent who moved from Madison, Wisconsin over here to take this job. And he knew people in Madison, Wisconsin who knew me, who talked to him about a student credit union. And so he wasn't on the job here very long. To he, he called me up and said, would, you, would I be interested in, in discussing the opportunity to set up a student-run credit union? And I said, I would love it. So the two of us uh, who had this background got together and decided that, that we would make a go of this. And the school was in, in a process, in the process of uh, adding space onto their building. And they actually worked with us and we worked with the students to uh, locate and design the, the office space that we occupy in the, the school building right now. It was a terrific relationship, uh, terrific uh, opportunity to work with students, 
the students that run the credit union, they work for us here at the credit union during the summer where they learn all about the operations of a financial institution like this. And they're so enthusiastic and so engaged and, and excited uh, to have the opportunity to do this. So, yeah, I feel really good about it. Do you have any advice for young professionals that are in the movement right now that are looking to make a difference and maybe how they can go about doing that? Right at the top of the list is integrity. I, I think, you know, we can't say enough about uh, a person's integrity, which when it's a top of the mind of, of the leader or leaders of an organization gets spread down through the organization and creates to the integrity of the credit union, to the integrity of the business. Transparency. Say what you're going to do and do it. And if it doesn't work, take responsibility for it. And if it can be corrected, correct it. If it just needs to be dropped, drop it and, and move on. Transparency in communications with the board and uh, with the staff. Uh, I think the more that they know about what it is that we're doing and why, uh, and, and the why for me pretty much has to always be, this is for the member. As I said earlier, it's about people. You need to surround yourself with good people that you can trust, that, can, that you can believe in, that you can rely on. People who help create a vision. Uh, it's not just about having a, somebody in the team that can implement something if you tell them, here's the strategy, here's the goal, go do it. I, I want my leadership team to be involved in developing the mission and the strategies around it, uh, being able to explain to anybody what we're doing, how we're going to do it, and, and why we're doing it. For leaders coming up today, there is just so much that people need to be educated on and need to be aware of and to have, have experience in. The, the more exposure that an individual can get to the different aspects of operating a credit union, I think the better strengths and understanding that they would bring into the CEO position. Knowing what goes on when a teller is working with a member, knowing what goes on when someone's trying to collect a loan, knowing what's going on when someone's trying to underwrite or approve a loan, understanding what's going into the balance sheet and the significance of this ratio to that ratio. All of those things are just so important for people to, to understand and be aware of today because all of those things feed into the decisions that need to be made at the highest levels of the organization. You're headed towards graduation here. <laughs> right. Is there anything else you want to say uh, to the credit union movement or, or things you've been thinking about as, as your time on the job are winding down? What I would say is we need really good leaders in the credit union space. We've had some tremendous people over the years that have just changed credit unions in momentous ways. But we're retiring. <laughs> you know, my, my peers, many of them have already uh, gone into uh, more enjoyable uh, parts of their lives. And there are many, many more that are coming behind me this year and next year and the year after. Who's going to replace uh, those leaders? 
Well, it's the young people that we have working for them today. I, you know, I've got uh, a relatively young executive staff. Uh, I've got three candidates, three internal candidates that are vying for my position here. That's absolutely the way I want it. Each one of them brings tremendous strengths in their own specialties. That's what I think we need. We, we need to be recruiting, training, and, and preparing young people, younger people, to, to take on these leadership roles. You know, life experiences is what, uh, uh, what I understand that the millennial generation and the generation coming after them are, are more interested in, not, not physical assets and things like that, but what kind of experiences can I have in my life and how, how can I enjoy them? How can they make my life richer and better? Well, you know, we have the member experience here at our credit union that can help fill a big part of that. And that's what we try to, to, to focus on and communicate to our employees and to, uh, to our members and to our communities is, you know, if you're looking for a great experience in the financial world, we're here to deliver it for you. And we need the, the leaders that, that understand that. It's not just we've got the greatest technology, we've got the latest technology, and we we got pretty cool-looking buildings and things like that. That's great. You need them. But if you don't have the personal experience that holds that all together, it's not going to matter that much in the end. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.